We're back. You should have uh, taken a minute to do a little bit of a homework assignment. Uh, Really what you're focusing on from the first section, the intro section, is we're trying to get past some of these inherent habits that we have. We're trying to move into ideas and eventually become innovative. It's not likely that you're immediately going to become innovative, so we're really focusing on that idea portion and coming up with some new ideas to do customer engagement. But what we want to do is we want to start putting some framework around this. We want to really start giving you some tools that you can use to make yourself more effective at getting to these ideas. Because one of the challenges that we see a lot is when people just start coming up with random ideas. And they just start thinking, hey, we could do this or we could do that, you know. And there's not a lot of thought process or there's not a lot of methodology behind it. And as we mentioned earlier, how important it is to actually have a method to it. And we'll see that in this first section that we're going to go over. But it's really uh, the key here is to say there are steps that you want to take and they build on each other. And if we just go to the typical customer service, it's pretty much a hodgepodge. People will bounce all over and they think that any tactic is going to be useful in any situation. But we're going to teach how the tactics need to be used in a sequence to make sure that they are as most effective as possible. And sometimes you can, you know, bypass some things if they're already, you know, dialed in. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to start building that foundation, building that process. And the very first step in that process is going to be to build a relationship of trust. So, Ethan, I'm going to have you kind of give a big overview of what we mean with build a relationship of trust and why this is kind of that foundational step in customer engagement. When you're, when you're out building these engagements the more you trust someone, the more likely you're going to move forward in that relationship. And so that's why this becomes the foundation of everything we do. Yeah, I still might be able to create some value to where they feel that they're getting such a great bang for their buck. They're going to do business anyways, but there are going to be one-offs. And so we really want to say, look, the, the, the sooner and the stronger the relationship you can build, the more likely that relationship is going to continue into the future. And so when we talk about build relationships of trust, Let's talk about a few things that allow us to do that. And and it's not like this takes a, a week process. Some of this can be done very fast as we connect with individuals and what they have going on in their life. So as we build relationships of trust, we're looking for th- ways that we connect with them, ways that we associate some um, connection that allows us to have common ground to do that. So we always talk about uh, genuine interest, talking about what is interesting to them, where they're going, what are they doing, why are they making the purchase, what's going on in their lives, Uh, other things so that we show that we have an interest in their lives, which means that we talk less and we listen more. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we always want to look warm. I, by nature, am a little bit more introverted than you, Ryan. So I tend to be just in my own world a lot of times. You always have a little bit more of a smile on your face, and which makes you, uh, by nature, a warmer personality than me. So I really have, that's one area I have to work on is keeping that, that countenance that, hey, look, I, I am a nice person. I do want to engage and I do want to have conversations. <laughs> I'm a nice person, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm loving as you're sitting there and you're just like, yeah, I'm kind of cold, uh, but I really can deep down be a good person. <laughs> it's not as bad as you make it sound. No, but I, I mean, you know me well enough to know that 
there's differences between you and I that I tend to have a colder person now because I'm I'm introverted and I'm just in my own world. Sure. And, and you you're a lot more gregarious and outgoing and enjoy those conversations where uh, you know I'm happy with one person in the room and and you know you'll work the whole floor. So. But I think that this is a good opportunity to point a couple things out as we talk about building a relationship of trust. It is not charisma. Correct, correct. You know, if you are charismatic, and the interesting thing about me is I can be charismatic, but that's not necessarily like I actually practice because I do a lot of presentations and public speaking, and so I'll practice different things to engage with an audience. Uh, Not all of it is just a natural flow. And so if you're sitting there as a business owner and being like, well, I'm not very charismatic, and I honestly hate dealing with customers. There are so many business owners (laughs) that hate dealing with customers. (laughs) You know, and so that might not be your style, but we're talking about trust here. We're not talking about making sure that they feel excited or happy when they come and see you. They have to, you know, believe in what you're doing. And so there are other ways that you can connect. You know, I think honesty, integrity, loyalty, these are big things. So, you know, if you're not a naturally charismatic person, these are big things that you can do to still have some trust in that relationship. And, you know, this is going to kind of lead us to the next, uh, you know, point is smiling. So Mm. it's interesting that we're told all the time in customer service that you need to smile. Now, studies have been done. You know, if you smile, people trust you more. They like you more. They think you're more intelligent. There's a lot of benefits to smiling. But what I want to talk about here with, you know, smiling in particular is be authentic, be who you are. And I think that's what you were kind of starting with this right, whole correct. thing of saying, you know what, naturally you're not just this bubbly personality that's like, oh my gosh, welcome to my store. I'm so happy to have you. You know, like that's not you. And so, you know, you can smile with your mouth. You can smile with your eyes. You can smile with the attention that you give someone. There, there's a lot of ways that you can be smiling uh, to connect with them, you know, with, with the body language. And so anyway, sorry, I kind of. Well, and staying on that point, it's important to recognize that our body language tells a lot more about or reaffirms the words that come out of our mouth. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I can say, oh yeah, I like you. But if I'm rolling my eyes up, it's obvious that I don't. Okay. So that's another thing that we want people to be very cognitive of. Uh, about is your body language will will reinforce or distract from what is actually verbally coming out of your mouth and even comes to the point that you, you know on some when we do the live trainings you know I I literally we talk about the look up and down you know you know where I look at Ryan and I go hey how you doing and just like you know to where it's very suggestive by nature that that if we're not careful that body language will destroy that relationship before it begins. And if it is destroyed in that first uh, one to three minutes, it's so hard to get it back. Mm-hmm. So that first part of your conversations and interaction are very, very critical to help establish long-term rapport. So we've got to be very careful that we don't do a few foo paws that are going to cause us grief going into the future. Yeah. So 
one of the things that I would like to do here, and we've we've kind of talked about it, but I think it's important that we literally go down the list of all the key points and key elements that we're going to talk about with building relationships of trust. So first, let's show genuine interest. Uh, you know, and I think I think we touched on that a little bit. Smile. You know, we talked about smiling and body language, uh, remembering people's names. We're going to get into that in just a second because that's a really critical one. Uh, being a good listener. Uh, we we touched on that a little mm-hmm. bit. You mentioned how important it is to listen. Uh, sharing in people's interests. I think we could uh, cover a little bit more on that and make them feel important. So these are really kind of, and this is not an you know, end-all, be-all list, but these are some key things that we should be looking at when we're trying to build that relationship of trust. So with that list there, Ethan, let, let's, let's kind of start putting some of this together in some, some tangible actions, some tangible steps that people can do to improve their customer engagement. Well, we've talked a little bit about interest and smile. Let's talk about remember names because this becomes uh, a very interesting concept that most people feel that their name is more important than anyone else's. <laughs> right. Okay. And and you can't misspell my name. Uh, you can't mispronounce my name. You can't, I mean, there's so many things that come with names that feel like they're more important. And as a matter of fact, Dale Carnegie and some of his books and writings um, really talks about the idea that he, he didn't care so much about the name as much as the money. So, so he didn't care what the business was called because he knew that he wanted the money. Mm-hmm. And I always remember that principle as I've read a few of his uh, uh, books that, that what's more important to you? What are you really after as you start this relationship of trust? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and for some people, uh, interesting enough, their name is very significant to them. So, yeah. so I, I learned early on that as I start having conversations with individuals, I really do my best to try to remember names, first names, last names, and or other significant names that might be tied to that individual, because I'm going to assume that every conversation I have, that they feel that in this relationship, their name is always going to be more important. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why we want to encourage remembering names. Uh, good listener, that's uh, just is what it is. Uh, I don't know if you have any points you want to kind of cover in that one. Yeah, I do actually, because I I think I want to make a distinction here. Uh, I don't know that I've ever come across anyone who thinks they're a bad listener or admits (laughs) that they're a bad listener. And so, you know, you, you make the comment, you're like, it is what it is. I'm like, true, but how often are, like, are we listening to understand or are we listening so that we know what to say next? And mm, we, need, we need to be vulnerable. So when you talk about trust, there's a level of vulnerability that's very important to have. And you need to be vulnerable so that if you're listening and you're so caught up in what someone is saying that maybe you need to pause a second and be able to answer their question. You know, if, someone, if someone's coming to you and let's say that they have a complaint and they start talking about all of these things that have nothing to do with what their issue is, you know, and, and I see this happen a lot in business, especially if it's like a product-based business, uh, or I guess even a service-based business, but I'm going to stick on the product for the example. You know, they come in and they're upset that the product did not function the way that it was supposed to function. And then they start going off and explaining how it affected, you know, like, 
like their whole experience. So, you know, someone was on the job and they bought a product that was supposed to make their job faster and then the product didn't work and they spent all this time and then it put them behind and then because it put them behind the next crew that was supposed to come in and, you know, they weren't ready to start their job when it needed to be started and they're going on and on and on and on. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, I'll just get you a new product. You know, like that, this is a warranty issue and that's all we're talking about. No, that's not all you're talking about. And so being a good listener is if it is, you know, if they're extending the story well beyond the the product itself, then you should try and understand why, why are they extending this? And, and you should be relating with those things that, yeah, you know, you could have answered their question. You could have, you know, solved their problem pretty early on. But that's not what they want. They want someone to understand them. Uh, how often do we want to be understood more than to have our problems solved? And and so that's that's just what I would say with you know being a good listener is really look for the understanding listening, not the problem solving listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great, great points. Um, as we move down through that list, then it's sharing their interest, and and this is the uh, point I want to make with sharing in their interest is that I I don't want to. I don't want to try to match them uh, for experience for experience. You know, there's n- mm. the one-up game, we right, call it. Okay, right, yeah. Uh, that's where I get nervous when I talk about shared interest. Too many people feel that, all right, great, i got to play the one-up game. For everything you share, I've got to have something bigger and better. No, 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 no. That's not what we're looking for in understanding uh, this concept. But as we share in their interest, as we understand exactly what they're trying to achieve, what their goal is, what they hope the end result to be. Now I'm sharing in their interest so that I can be a partner with them in that process, not to one up them. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want, I want to be that, that mentor, that ally, that individual that's got their back per se, not the one who's going to say, Hey, fo- Oh, you follow me. I got this. Just, yeah. Just trust me. No. <laughs> That's what we're trying to avoid when we talk about interest is that we want to be that person that has their back, that that we understand everything about what they're trying to do and achieve and accomplish or what they need the end result to be. So keep that in mind. Don't, don't, don't play the one up game. It will get you burned in the very beginning of what we're trying to establish with this trust concept. So, and you know, I, I, I look at this and um, you know, this very last point is make them feel important to me, this is just kind of summing up all the other things. You know, if you share in their interests, as you know, as we as we just talked about, if you remember their name, if you smile and show appropriate body language, if you are engaged and listening, all of those things are going to make them feel important. So it's not like this is a standalone, you know, principle or technique. This is something that, you know, is sort of the rubric to tell you if you're doing well, or I should say the litmus test, to tell you if you're doing yeah. well on the other, you know, aspects. Because if they don't feel important, then you dropped the ball somewhere. At some point, they, you know, they didn't feel like you connected with them. And, and it's your job to figure that out. But this is one thing that I want to talk about here is, you know, how much time do we have to do this and how often do we need to do this? Uh, you know, like the, the, uh, the amount of time that you have to build trust is very quick. You know, you don't have a ton of time to, uh, to, to build this trust. 
and you have to be consistent. So if you're if you're lying to them, if you're, you know, just pretending to care, it will come out eventually, especially if you have an ongoing relationship with them. And so I don't know if you have any advice or counsel on, you know, kind of the consistency, how important it is to be consistent uh, in building the relationship of trust and how to do it in a very quick, you know, first impression type of, uh, you know, type of time frame. Uh, it comes down to that the key phrase that you said, and that is, um, do, do I really, really want to establish a relationship? If I'm just looking for that sell and I'm going to go through the motions, it's going to come out. So that's where I always uh, say, look, step back and say, look, do I really want to invest in this relationship? What do I hope to get out of it? And if so, then, then my behavior will dictate exactly how that becomes. And so if we are truly interested in having the relationship and in some occasions it doesn't make sense and we get that and that's where we just say, okay, look, I, I'm going to invest this much into it because when you get into some, uh, like a retail sales store, like it, uh, uh, I mean, let's highlight a, you know, just like a, a mini mart or something like that where they're just coming in for a drink. I, I probably don't need to spend a whole lot of time doing that. But all of a sudden when I get into something that's more specialized, you know, bed, furnitures, cars, vehicles, um, uh, making specialty parts for a customer for their product, that relationship building then becomes significant mm-hmm. because we are going to spend time together and we know that it's going to uh, either, either make or break us when it comes to the sale. Yeah. So so uh, it is important that, that I think, uh, from your comment that we've got to make sure that we understand uh, as we look at those relationships, the investment of time that we're going to have to put into it and then do it appropriately. Um, otherwise don't, don't complain when the customer, you know, customer walks out and, and no interaction ever happened. And, and what's crazy about this is that, yes, I don't have to have complete, uh, complete 100% relationship of trust in order to move to that next step of understanding the customer needs. Okay. But what you're going to find is that as you move through this process, if, if having that trust uh, negated from that relationship, then as you move through it, it's going to start to cause problems somewhere else. Because mm-hmm. as you start to resolve concerns, uh, that trust isn't there that when you actually say this is what it is, this is the best option. Because the best option might actually be a higher price. They're going to go, oh, now you're just trying to upsell me. Right. Yeah. So, so as we get into that next step, you're going to see why this becomes super critical um, to build a relationship to trust. So, Okay, so at this point, what we need to do is we need to put some of this into practice. Now, we're going to do this a little bit differently because the steps, the worksheet that you're going to be doing, uh, you're going to fill it out the way that you, you know, makes most sense to your business. We've got, you know, kind of these the, these key questions and you're going to fill out or you're going to do an exercise with them. But I want you to keep in mind that these build on each other. And so we might be referencing back to some of these key questions as we go throughout this training program. Uh, and some of these might be, you know, they, they might cover multiple areas. So keep that in mind as you go throughout this. There are two things that you're going to do. The first is that practice section that you're seeing. 
All right. What this is, is this is all about you as the business owner are going to learn how you want to go about building relationships of trust. Now, in your culture, in your company culture, uh, there there are some businesses that they're very formal. You know, I, I, I picture some of, you know, so, some of the major companies like uh, Disneyland who have pretty extensive you know, employee training that are based around these are the do's and the don'ts of how you engage with them. And they they really do quite a bit with that. And so that is an option of a culture. Or there are other cultures that might be more laid back, that might have kind of this attitude of, you know, treat others how you would like to be treated. And they sort of just let the employees, you know, develop whatever culture they're going to have. But you need to determine what your culture is. And you need to do this by practicing. So that practice section on the worksheet is all about you going out and building a relationship of trust. If your business allows you to have you as the owner, you as the CEO, you as the boss, if it allows you to have customer interactions, then go ahead and practice some of these things that we talked about with customers. If it doesn't, you know, if your business model does not allow you to interact with a lot of customers, if you have other people that are interacting with customers, then I still want you to go out and I want you to build relationships of trust with people in your neighborhood, in your community. You can go to, you know, your your local school board. You you can go to your church. You can go to, you know, the Chamber of Commerce. Anyone that you're going to interact with on kind of a business level or a professional level. And I want you to just practice some of these techniques and you're going to jot down notes. And so that's this whole practice section is you're going to jot down those notes. Then step two of the assignment is once you've jotted down those notes, I want you to go to whoever is at your front line for your business. Who are the people in your business that interact with customers the most? And you're going to have them walk you through their process. And as they're walking you through their process, I want you to look and see, are they smiling? Are they showing genuine interest? Do they remember names? And also pay attention to all the notes that you put down when you practice this and see if they are doing what you did in your practice sessions. And then we're going to look and see, okay, how can we put this into a little bit of a training program? So at this point, we're just doing a little bit of practice. And then we're connecting back with the people who are the front lines. Now, that might be you. You know, if if you are the one practicing and the front lines, that's okay. You know, you can still do both of these steps. It doesn't have to be with a different person. But you're going to put those notes down and we're going to see how well are we setting up a good foundation. Are we building a relationship of trust? as kind of that first step. 